the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. See Minneapolis, St. Paul, FM 107.5, K298CO, Minneapolis, powered by Advantage Homebuyer. With SRN News, I'm Michael Harrington in Washington. The G20 Summit being held virtually this year as the coronavirus pandemic overshadows the gathering. Saudi Arabia, which assumed the G20 presidency this year, is the host of the virtual summit that is bringing together leaders from the world's most developed economies. The pandemic has deeply affected the world's wealthiest nations, with nine G20 countries ranking highest globally for the most cases recorded. The U.S. tops the list. Three G20 leaders have been infected by the coronavirus. President Donald Trump, British Prime Minister Boris Johnson and Brazilian President Jair Bolsonaro. The virus shows no signs of abating and has claimed more than 1.3 million lives worldwide. Israel's military says its aircraft struck terrorist sites on the Gaza Strip today. This is SRN News. Eric Metaxas points out the hypocrisy of the left. Just in case people wonder, how do things get so divisive in America? Oh, it's because of Trump. No, no, no. Literally the day after the inauguration, there was the Women's March, which was not a Women's March. It was a hate Trump march. I want to be really clear with my audience how dramatically the Democrats refused to accept the results of of an election. The Eric Metaxas Show, overnights at 3 on AM 1280, The Patriot intelligent radio whether you're listening from outside the twin cities or in am 1280 the patriot my name is brian and for the weather today it's going to be foggy with a high of 37 degrees the christmas mortgage miracle is back and we're looking to pay your rent or mortgage for all of next year you can enter once a day at am1280thepatriot.com the christmas mortgage miracle is brought to you by tom matiney of a new american funding following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Stand by for the Northern Alliance Radio Network and go launch sequence. Engineering, go flight. Master control, go flight. Studio engineer, go flight. We are go for launch in T minus three, two, one. We have liftoff. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM 1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan, here is The Closer, Brad Carlson. AM 1280 Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. Welcome to this edition of the pro- program I like to call The Closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning into our show. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org. And we are here to take your phone calls at 651-289-4488. If you'd like to weigh in via Twitter, just use hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N-Show for comments and questions. And if you'd like to follow us on Facebook, feel free to do so. Just go to Facebook.com, do a search for the Northern Alliance Radio Network, and uh, give us a follow or a like if you haven't done so already. And as always, we uh, appreciate you tuning in. Uh, I'm anticipating a few more live listeners uh, than normal on a Sunday uh, during football season because our beloved Vikings... Uh, do not play until three twenty-five. So what? I mean, what a perfect day! You can uh, listen to the Northern Alliance Radio Network for all two hours, and then uh, take a quick break, and then uh, see our Vikings play the Dallas Cowboys at three twenty-five. And if the Vikings win against the crummy Cowboys today, they'll be at five hundred. Five wins and five losses. I when this season started, I said they're going to be lucky to win three or four games, and they have a chance to win not only their fifth game today, but that would put them at a five hundred record. So <laughs> unbelievable, unbelievable. But. Uh, we're going to be talking plenty of sports in the uh, second hour, by the way, uh, with our guest. Uh, he goes by the pen name of Dan Winnesota. And uh, Winnesota as in, when is Minnesota going to win a uh, championship? That's how he came up with the name, Winnesota. We'll, we'll have him share a little bit more about that. But he wrote a book entitled History of Heartbreak, 100 Events That Tortured 
Minnesota sports fans. So, again, that'll be at 2.15 when Dan appears on the broadcast. So we'll have plenty of time to talk sports then. But I, I did want to get to some of the uh, – in the first hour, going to spend a lot of time uh, talking about the uh, coronavirus uh, pandemic, specifically how uh, cases, positive cases have skyrocketed. Uh, you have, I mean, Star Tribune just had a very harrowing uh, piece today uh, about how um, Minnesota hospitals are strained to the limit by COVID-19, specifically how open ICU beds were down to single digits in parts of Minnesota. Hence, that prompted Governor Tim Walz to order a four-week shutdown of bars and other venues. Uh, I, I think I read a stat the other day that 49 of the 50 states, including, obviously, our own state, Minnesota, are seeing accelerated cases of COVID-19. And, you know, the point needs to be made that positive cases in and of themselves are don't tell you the whole story. And this is what was troublesome to many people when the Minnesota Department of Health, when they were releasing daily numbers, they would say there was X number of positive cases today uh, and there was resulted in X hospitalizations, uh, ICU beds. You know, they would give, give all of those numbers. Uh, obviously, the death toll, a uh, very uh, important metric. And they would indicate, you know, of the death toll, the percentage that were in long-term care facilities, because that, I think, has been the most abhorrent uh, tragedy of this whole pandemic is how our elderly uh, have been susceptible to this and how we have not protected our most vulnerable citizens. And I've said this many a time, for all of the pigpiling people do on the state of Florida and Governor Ron DeSantis, they ought to look at how Florida handled the long-term care facilities. And you think there are a few long-term care facilities in Florida, by the way? Yeah, there are a lot. Okay, there are a lot of elderly people that relocate to Florida in their retirement years and then wind up in long-term care facilities. And their percentage of deaths in long-term care facilities has been incredibly low. And this is a very highly populated state with a lot of long-term care facilities. All right? But yet, because Ron DeSantis is a Trump guy, I mean, he was never given a whole lot of credibility from day one. But you ought to look at how Florida handled that situation because states, you know, our state here, where probably 65 70% of the now over 3,000 COVID deaths have been in long-term care facilities. Uh, New York, I think there are more than 7,000 in long-term care facilities that we know of. Okay, that's just who have actually died while in the long-term care facilities. What we're not getting are those who were in long-term care facilities transferred to intensive care units or hospitals and died in the hospital, okay? Despite contracting it in the long-term care facility, they don't count that amongst their numbers. But yet the governor of New York gets an Emmy for his uh, COVID press conferences. Oh, yeah, we're going to get into that a little bit later, too. But my point in bringing all of this up is uh, there is a lot of back and forth still of these lockdowns that are taking place and how effective they're going to be because people point to, uh, well, the springtime when the pandemic began and the governor uh, closed down bars and restaurants and gyms and salons, whatever else, just to just to ensure that people don't have indoor uh, venues in which to gather. It wasn't really based on any science because, well, the virus was, to be fair, still very new and there wasn't a lot as much known about it, obviously, as there is now, eight months later. Well, now that we know more about this, the, the philosophy has always been we need to work to do everything we can to protect our most vulnerable and allow other people to you know, take risks accordingly. But the comeback is, well, your, you know, your rights end the millisecond that they start undermining my rights. Because people talk about, well, we have freedom and liberty to assemble wherever else. Yeah, but if there is a, if there is a, uh, a very contagious virus floating around 
and just you being out and about, you are able to, and you contract it, you know, you can easily spread it to so many other people, all the people you, who you come in contact with. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of debate back and forth on that. But the one thing that the governor, the tactic he took this time in kind of turning back his little dials, because you remember um, when things started opening up in the summer, around the summertime, late May, early June, where he was starting to um, allow, um, or he was starting to allow so many more people uh, to, you know, gather in restaurants and, and other venues and, and, and everything else. Uh, I maintain that it was because there was when the this was at the height, of course, of the of the uh, social justice protests, the Black Lives Matter protests, where there was a crush of people gathering in the streets, where there was no social distancing and middling mask usage, and those particular gatherings were at worst ignored by the media, woke scolds, and at best sanctioned. By saying, well, racism and and social injustices, those are public health crises, too. So we you know, these people should be able to go out there and protest accordingly. And and, and they choose to do so at their own risk. Yeah. But people wanting to go in for routine doctor appointments and cancer screenings and all that, they don't get the same courtesy. People want to open up their restaurants, you know, that they've spent a lifetime building up and is they're essentially their livelihood of supporting their families and have to take second and third mortgages on their house just to keep the business afloat. They don't get the same courtesy of mitigating risk that way. So now with the uh, cases skyrocketing, uh, the death toll has gone up. I'm just three days last week, the, uh, I think from Wednesday through Friday, that three day span, there was, I think 205 deaths in Minnesota related to COVID. To put that in perspective, well, that's the largest three, easily three-day total in the state. To put that in perspective, it took more than a month at the beginning of the pandemic to reach a death toll of 200 because of COVID. And now we, the state that happened in just three days in the state. And it's obvious that this is a virus. It's going to be more contagious because it's getting to be wintertime and people are going to be indoors a lot more. There was a there seemed to be kind of a leveling off, maybe even a a, a plateau, if you will, uh, during the summertime because obviously during the summer it, it didn't become as contagious. People were outside more, and when you're outside more, it is more conducive uh, to to physically distancing if if you so desire. Whereas when you're indoors, there's only so you can only go so far away, right? So the question then was then brought up that, well, first of all, let's let's go back to the spring and summer where it was projected that by July, the death toll was going to be in the five figures, 10, 20,000 here in Minnesota. And by July, there ended up being, I think we were at about 2,000, just over 2,000, still way too many, but not nearly as calamitous as had, as had been projected by whatever models they were using. So when the governor then came out and issued these new four-week lockdowns where he shut down all bars and restaurants and, and, and gyms, uh, he, ba- he basically come out, came out and said, well, you know, they, we, we knew the surge was coming. It was, uh, it was to, you know, he kind of did some doublespeak. He says, you know, we, we, this, the, the surge that we're having wasn't uh, ex- really as expected, so therefore we're having to react accordingly. Well, wait a minute. You—, you, you you were saying that there was going to be 20,000 deaths by the summertime when there wasn't that many, and you started opening things up a little bit. Well, what did you expect would happen when the weather got colder and people were having to be indoors as much? How how could that have not been anticipated? That's my question. And this has been the this has been the thing that was asked. It's like if if we're, we've been told since March that you know this virus will coincide with flu season and it is, it is much more contagious than the flu so for you know people saying well it's just like the flu well that's just not the case i mean it's it's much more contagious than the flu and but if we're told that it coincided with flu season then what's been what has been done for the past eight months to prepare for that why are we suddenly short 
on on ICU beds? And why are we suddenly sh- why are we woefully short on uh, a PPE? And why are we over? Why are we on the brink of being overwhelmed? I mean, w- w- what were they doing in the interim? Did you know the the governor wagged his finger at the citizens, saying, "Well, you know, too many people let their guard down, and you're and, and you know." Uh, you saw these big gatherings that could be super spreader events, but people didn't realize the magnitude of gathering in your garage or gathering in your home could have potentially the same effect. So he wags his fingers at the citizens for supposedly letting their guard down. But what has his administration been doing since numbers were kind of leveling off and plateauing in the summer? Weren't they getting ready for, for the inevitable spike that some said were coming, but then the governor said, well, we didn't, we didn't expect it? How could you not expect it? It's a virus. I mean, one thing we know about viruses, no matter how contagious, they, they definitely are more so when you have to gather indoors. So, uh, yeah, definitely a lot of questions that didn't get a lot of answers. And, and by the way, there was uh, there was one in particular. Uh, but the governor, within the last month or so, acknowledged that uh, exercise, physical exercise, obviously is not good, only good for your physical health, but also your mental health. And he he and he conceded. I think it was a World Health Organization that was saying as much that lockdowns just are, are are detrimental to people's mental health. That they're almost that that uh, it's almost worse than being exposed to COVID if you're a healthy person. And Tom Hauser, KSTP uh, political reporter, you know, put out a tweet on Friday saying that Governor Walls admits closing health clubs is counterintuitive when it comes to mental and physical health during the pandemic. But he says because people are breathing hard while exercising, they can spread COVID. Uh, Although the Minnesota Department of Health stats show relatively few outbreaks and cases in gyms. See, this was his reasoning for closing bars and restaurants. He says these have been the biggest sources of outbreaks. You know, private weddings and funerals, you know, gatherings like that. So that was his motivation. They say, okay, well, why are you closing gyms then? There wasn't as many outbreaks. And then, you know, like you said, he cites this, you know, you're breathing hard while you're exercising, which in theory sounds logical, but if there aren't outbreaks there, aren't people then taking the necessary precautions when they're at gyms? Uh, my gym where I, where, I, where I go to regularly, I'm always cognizant of staying physically distanced from others. I'm always cognizant of wiping down the equipment thoroughly, even though I did that before COVID. That was just common sense where you wipe down equipment thoroughly. So... I, I don't know. I, I'm just, I'm just befuddled by this, the, the rationale, and you know, this is like I say, people's mental health is going to continue to suffer because they aren't able to exercise at their indoor gyms. And I got, I got newsflash for you: when it's 20 below, runners aren't going to be feel like running outside either. Six five one two eight nine four four eight eight is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N show. Brad Carlson, the clubs are coming back in mere moments. Go nowhere. Limitless access to intelligent talk. Stream AM 1280 The Patriot with our free app, your smart speaker, or with iHeart, TuneIn, and Radio.com. We live in the Twin Cities, but serve worldwide. Sponsored by Family Gift Co. Looking for the perfect gift that'll make your sweetheart smile? With custom canvas prints from bestfamilygifts.com, choose the names of the special people in your life and we'll turn it into the perfect gift. Imagine glorious ocean sunsets, autumnal forests, or classy black and white vistas. A gift from our canvas collections is so much more than just a pretty picture. You can personalize the text of each custom print with the names of the people you love, including your family, friends, or even your pets. This holiday season, brighten up the house and bring on the smiles. Anyone can have regular canvas-framed artwork in their house, but who can say they have custom artwork specifically personalized just for them? See the entire amazing collections of custom canvas prints for yourself and get a 20% discount on your first order. Visit bestfamilygifts.com. That's bestfamilygifts.com. 20% off with discount code BESTGIFT. Visit bestfamilygifts.com for 20% off. Discount code BESTGIFT. Discount code BESTGIFT for 20% off. 
Get a great gift for the truck owner in your life for half price from Rhino Linings and AM 1280 The Patriot. Tough Grip Rhino Lining is recognized as the world's number one spray on truck bed liner. Regular price $500. Yours now for half off $250. It's the perfect gift for the hunter, fisherman, landscaper, any truck owner on your list. There are a limited number available. Find details on the Patriot website under half price offers or call the Patriot now to get your Rhino truck bed liner. I'm Staff Sergeant Mark Anthony I'm Madrid. I'm Staff Sergeant Smith Cal. I'm Staff Sergeant I'm Alex Staff Keeley. Sergeant William Lewis, and I am proud to defend my family and our nation. The Air Force Reserve is part of the story of this great nation. I'm grateful that I have a chance to wear the uniform of the heroes that went before me. I'm proud to be part of a team that helps make a difference in the world. Every day, men and women from communities across this nation serve as reserve citizen airmen. Even as technology evolves and changes, our commitment to defend and protect this nation remains steadfast. We celebrate those who have served and those who are proudly serving. We celebrate our proud history and look towards an exciting and uniting future. Our mission is to fly, fight, and win in air, space, and cyberspace. And I am proud to be a member. And I'm proud to serve in the United States. And I am proud to protect our country. Proud to serve in the U.S. Air Force Reserve. AFreserve.com AM 1280, The Patriot, and iHeartRadio. They go together like freedom and the Second Amendment. Listen at iHeart.com or with the free iHeartRadio mobile app. Hey, welcome back. AM 1280, The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning in. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also reach out via Twitter. Just use hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show for any comments or questions. It's me, Brad Carlson, closing out this weekend's edition of Northern Alliance Radio Network programming. You can catch my friend and colleague, Mitch Berg, on these very airwaves, AM 1280 The Patriot. He's on Saturdays from 1 to 3 p.m. He is the headliner edition of the Narn. And my friend and colleague, King Banyan, on our sister station, AM 1440, The Businessman. It is the King Banyan Show, Saturdays, 9 to 11 a.m., the finest show in the country, talking economics. And uh, as I said, me, Brad Carlson, every Sunday, 1 to 3, right here, the closer edition of the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Again, always appreciate you tuning in. Uh, talking about uh, the COVID crisis that is racking this country, uh, Dr. Michael Osterholm, who's kind of been the uh, go-to epidemiologist uh, since this pandemic began in March, uh, he described what we're going to go through in the next couple, three months as COVID hell. Um, yeah, sounds very daunting, to, to say the least. Uh, however, there is some good news on the horizon with an arrival of a, a, a vaccine, uh, both by Pfizer and Moderna. Pfizer's uh, clinical trials have shown that their vaccine is 90 plus percent effective, whereas Moderna's is 95 percent uh, plus effective. So uh, sounds like some will be uh, begin to be administered as early as next month. And obviously there will be people who are prioritized, specifically our most vulnerable, as well as our frontline healthcare workers military personnel, that sort of thing. And, and I, who could have any qualms with that? Uh, no doubt about it. So uh, that will be coming down the pike, and as it starts being administered early next year, um, you know, there there does seem to be a light at the end of the tunnel. And I think that's the important point here, is when all of the – you, you remember flatten the curve that far back at the beginning of the pandemic when – Many states' governors who had emergency powers to close businesses and and whatever else and mandate that people wear face masks and, and everything else, they said, well, you know what? We just don't want to overwhelm the health system. What we want to do is fl- what we call flatten the curve. This is a very contagious virus. There's no vaccine for it yet. So it's inevitable. Uh, millions of people are probably going to get this virus. We understand that. But we want to spread out how the number of people getting it over a longer period of time. So if you say physically distanced, less people will get it all at once, and then the time frame will be spread out, 
and then the hospitals will be able to handle it a lot more effectively than as opposed to that same number of people getting it basically all at once within a week or two span and overwhelming our health system, which unfortunately we're seeing right now. And again, a very harrowing article in the Star Tribune uh, today uh, about coronavirus, how its uh, hospitals are strained to its limit. And there were healthcare. There was uh, a petition signed by healthcare workers uh, requesting that the governor call for these shutdowns. And the governor, you know, followed took that under advisement, obviously. But the thing is, people are okay if there is a finite period of time. Initially, it was well, flatten the curve. Just takes a couple of weeks to flatten the curve. Well, a couple of weeks then turned into three, four months. And I dare say that had there not been the crush of social justice protests and the government fearing uh, fearing that they were playing favoritism over one cause over another, that they decided to loosen some of the restrictions because all of these crushes of people were gathering in the streets for social justice protests, which, again, me being uh, a big fan of the Bill of Rights, you know, civil liberties, I'm all for peaceably assembling. However, I didn't partake in any of the these protests, whether it was protesting uh, what I considered overreaching lockdowns or protesting, uh, you know, against um, social injustices or uh, racial injustices, all very worthwhile causes, in my opinion. But I chose not to partake because we were told that physically distancing was vital to keep from spreading this to the masses and having super spreading events. But because this took place in the summer, it wasn't as contagious. People were outside. Granted, they weren't physically distancing. And so the governor decided to loosen the restrictions. And, of course, the criticism, as I detailed in the first first segment, what's been done since then? Have we been preparing for an inevitable spike in cases that comes with any virus when it gets to be wintertime and people are spending more time indoors? Has anybody asked that question? You know, I, I haven't tuned into all the press conferences. Someone may have asked that question. I don't want to assume no one has. So if now people are hearing that a vaccine is going to start being administered next month and we start having success with that vaccine, then all of a sudden you're going to start getting time frames like, okay, folks, if we can get through the first you know, quarter of the year and then get into springtime, say April of 2021, things might start to loosen up. If people can genuinely see a light at the end of the tunnel, you know, four months doesn't seem that long when you consider we've been through uh, about nine, ten months of this, all of 2020. Uh, but they just want a finite time frame. But that didn't occur when all these lockdowns took place initially and businesses were being shuttered and, and jobs were being furloughed and, and whatever else. And unemployment claims were skyrocketing. And uh, obviously people's mental health was suffering by not not only missing out on the social interaction, but also again not being able to exercise at their at their gymnasium, that sort of thing. But there has been a, a trend I've noticed that there were people who I don't want to say they were skeptics initially, but they thought that the the lockdowns were an overreaction. And again, you could argue whether that was true or not. You can make a case, well, were it not for the lockdowns, uh, there would have been a heck of a lot more cases last spring. So we could be grateful that there were lockdowns. I, I don't know the answer to that. But I will say that there were some prominent officials. And again, I, I, I don't know why this was politicized from day one, where you had progressives uh, saying we need to lock everything down or we're all going to die. Why you want to kill grandma because you want to celebrate your loved one's graduation but then on the conservative side, you know, they're saying uh, well, all these government or all these governors are turning into tyrants. And I'm not going to get on board with the uh, the Timmy the tyrant chanting point, you know, chiding our governor as being a tyrant. I've disagreed with some of his uh, takes on this and some of his actions that he has implemented, but I'm not going to call him a tyrant. OK, that's not helpful to the discourse here. But there were skeptics initially that saying, look, this is being way overblown. Because, and again, I cite how they thought the death toll here in Minnesota was going to be in the into the five-figure range you know, by summertime, but it ended up being 2,000. Again, 2,000 is way, still way too many, but it wasn't 20,000. 
that some were projecting here in Minnesota by some of the models we were using. And for that, we can rejoice. And so obviously there were people who looked at it and said, you mean we uh, locked down all these businesses, some businesses even closed permanently, some businesses or some people lost their jobs permanently, jobs gone away, went away, some people's mental health has suffered, the suicide rate increased during these lockdowns. And as it turns out, it wasn't nearly as severe as we figured, and we couldn't have followed the example of, say, Florida, who handled the uh, nursing home, who handled their long-term care facilities beautifully to the point where very few elderly people perished, and they're the ones who are most vulnerable. So when we come back, uh, some people have since seen the light, and are we welcoming their help now? in coming together and battling this virus. We'll talk about that. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Brad Carlson, The Closer, coming back with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. Hey, you know, Christmas is coming. Oh, yeah, I can't wait. I already have my toques hung by the chimney with care, eh? Well, I got the best Christmas present for my family this year. I'm going to be the hero. Oh, you always outdo me, and I end up with eggnog on my face. So what are you doing so I can keep up with you, eh? I got one of the brand new Arctic spas from Premier Pool and Spa. They're delivering it next week. This one is all the bells and whistles, the latest technology, so we don't have to do a thing, eh? But relax and enjoy the hot water. Hey, they got a sale going on or anything? They're doing all kinds of deals with the ones on the floor, and they also have a free Christmas light upgrade. Whatever's best for you. Oh, and they can deliver before Christmas? They are still taking orders to build them and deliver them before Christmas. So visit Premier Pool in Chanhassen today. Arctic spas are engineered for the world's harshest climates. You deserve it. PremierPools.com. Premier Pool and Spa, where we take fun seriously, eh? PremierPools.com. Hi, this is Rhett Rasmussen of BestHotGrill.com. Gift-giving occurs year-round, whether for birthdays, holidays, or a special expression of thanks to your best clients and customers. Of course you want to show your love and gratitude, but you also want to give a gift that provides a positive image of you and your organization. Solaire infrared grills from BestHotGrill.com are both practical and unforgettable. Made in the USA, Solaire has a grill for most budgets, but more importantly... Solaire delivers the wow that everybody likes to receive in a gift. Impressive out of the box, and even more so in use, the Solaire infrared grills are the gift of value that will build relationships. With every great-tasting, juicy meal enjoyed from their Solaire, they'll think of you. Step up your gift-giving. Learn more about the amazing Solaire infrared grills at BestHotGrill.com. That's BestHotGrill.com. BestHotGrill.com. Have you been suffering from numbness, tingling, burning, or restless pain in your hands or feet? Does your doctor insist on giving you more medications, but your neuropathy is not improving? Stop masking the symptoms and get answers today by contacting Dr. Knight at Abundant Life Health Center in Chanhassen. If you do nothing, you run the risk of suffering long-term complications like infections, poor wound healing, balance issues restraining you to a walker, and possible amputations. In fact, 86,000 Americans lose a limb every year to untreated neuropathy. Get your life back today. Abundant Life Health Center has helped hundreds of patients reverse their neuropathy. If you're ready to regain your independence, contact Dr. Knight at Abundant Life Health Center in Chanhassen. As a Patriot listener, you receive a special $49 Get Acquainted offer. That's a $250 value for just $49. Neuropathy doesn't wait around. You shouldn't either. Call 952-383-38 to schedule a full neuropathy workup with Dr. Knight. Welcome back, AM twelve eighty, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network. Is me, Brad Carlson, the closer. Thanks as always for tuning into our show. Six five one two eight nine four four eight eight is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag Narn Show. That's hashtag N A R N Show. Hashtag Narn Show for any comments or questions. As always, we appreciate you tuning in. Uh, I was uh, I left off uh, this uh, past uh, segment, uh, with, or the uh, previous segment, I should say, 
with talking about how there were some, I don't want to say deniers. There, Yeah, sure, there were COVID deniers, but there were some government officials, particularly governors uh, in our neighboring states, North and South Dakota and Iowa, who didn't issue mask mandates or didn't uh, shut down businesses because their mindset was, look, here is the information, here is the severity of COVID, uh, react accordingly, you know, stay safe. If you feel the need to stay home because of uh, because of fear of contracting the virus, you know, that that's certainly your call. If you want to wear a face mask, you know, here's the here's what the CDC is saying about wearing face masks. And, you know, Governor Doug Burgum of, of North Dakota and Gov- Governor Christy Noem of South Dakota and Governor Kim Reynolds of Iowa, you know, all Republican governors, and all of them pretty much were shamed by the COVID woke scolds from day one for not implementing lockdowns. And and they basically said, look, our job is to provide the information to the public and keep them as well as formed and well informed as possible, you know, not to dictate their lives. And now recently within the past week or so, uh, both uh, North Dakota, Governor Burgum, North Dakota and Governor Reynolds of Iowa have issued face mask mandates uh, in their states after declining to do so for the first several months of the pandemic. And naturally, you have the aforementioned uh, COVID woke scolds dredging up old quotes from the governors where they showing where they were where they once adamantly opposed such mandates. I mean, you and. You need to go no further than uh, here in Minnesota. Uh, Just after the election, some uh, Republican senators uh, got together and held kind of a social gathering at a uh, at the Lake Elmo Inn. Uh, Senate Majority Leader Paul Gazelka and a few other of his uh, colleagues and uh, Paul Gazelka ended up coming down with coronavirus and only informing you know, the GOP caucus, not making DFLers known. And obviously, given that there's a special session every month to address the governor's emergency powers, you knew they were going to congregate. And so that was irresponsible on Paul Gazelka. And then now that he himself contracted the virus, he came out and basically said, well, okay, yeah, yeah, I, I get it. We understand the severity and the seriousness of this virus. And so, of course, uh, you have DFLers taking to Twitter and roasting Gazelka, saying that he was only showing concern for the virus only only after the re- most recent election cycle. Many people saying, you know, had he come out and made this a signature campaign issue and, and whatever else, might have been a different story. But why, if, it, if it was so serious, why didn't he do it during the campaign? You know, accusing him of ulterior motives. And then uh, perhaps the biggest eye-opener took place with uh, – uh, former Elk River legislator and a friend of the broadcast, Nick Zerwas. Uh, he was a uh, Republican representative out of uh, Elk River for a number of terms. And then I think he resigned uh, a year ago uh, to move on with uh, move on with life. Uh, he, a, cu- a few weeks ago, had what he thought was merely a nagging cough and then evolved into something much more dire to where eventually he tested positive for coronavirus. And if you know anything about Nick Zerwash, you know that he's had a severe heart condition literally since birth and had multiple open-heart surgeries uh, by the age of seven. In fact, he wasn't, he wasn't uh, expected to live past age seven. In fact, his final heart surgery around his seventh birthday, it was such an unprecedented and high-risk operation that they prepared his family for the worst, that he probably was not going to survive. Well, miraculously, Nick survived, and he has now lived 33 years with this heart ailment, you know, despite having a difficult heart. So obviously, if someone like that gets the coronavirus with that severe of an underlying condition, uh, it's it's bad news. And uh, I'll, I'll just read from the Star Tribune. Nick was interviewed for this uh, Star Tribune story. Uh, I spent four hours in an emergency room while they were trying to figure out which hospital had an open ICU bed, Zerwas said. The Elk River Republican, who was born with a heart condition and had many open-heart surgeries, knew he was at risk for COVID-19 but was not prepared for the seriousness of the infection. I've been sick. 
I've been down this road before, he said. I was stunned when I became so overwhelmed and ill. Zerwas, who spoke during Wall's press conference, uh, press briefing Tuesday, said he opposed the governor's early restrictions, but says the surging caseload and the effects on the hospital system make this a different situation. This is a completely different ballgame. Everything has changed, said Zerwas, who was released after a five-day hospital stay. If we don't respond now, I feel like it may be too late. And, of course, people, once again, the progressives on Twitter who didn't like Zerwas when he was a Republican uh, in the Minnesota House dug up old quotes where he, uh, I won't say he didn't take this serious, but, again, he was pointing out where uh, the numbers didn't quite match the hype uh, early on of the uh, of the coronavirus. Didn't quite match the hype. And people were throwing his old quotes back in his face, even though he was it was in very serious condition. My point in bringing this all up, I, I, I referenced, you know, uh, governors, uh, governors, Burgum, uh, Governor Burgum of North of North Dakota, Governor Reynolds of Iowa, Senate Majority Leader Paul Gazelka, Republican and former Republican legislator Nick Zerwas now all coming around and saying, yeah, hey, look, we need to take this more seriously. We need to take the uh, take the proper precautions in order to uh, you know, beat back this uh, beat back this virus. And now all of these people just pig piling on them. Well, boy, yeah, it's convenient to come around now after after all of this happens to you. Where were you seven, eight months ago? when we could have used a, a, a unified uh, voice on this whole thing. And my response is, is, is simply this. Th- that kind of rhetoric was going on since day one, where they were finger-wagging at those who they didn't believe were taking it seriously and said, well, boy, wait till you get it, because if you get it, boy, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be bad news. Well, here's the thing. If you're spending all of this time trying to convince people your point of view any point of view. What 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 would what would, what's your desired outcome? Do you want them to get into your camp and start being aligned with your thinking, or would you rather shame them for not taking it seriously in the first place? I mean, if you're talking how about how desperate this situation is, and you want allies to help fight in this situation, shouldn't you be rejoicing? that these Republican governors have come around to your way of thinking or that the Senate majority leader is starting to acquiesce and say, yeah, we need to take this a little more seriously. And Nick Zerwas, someone who opposed lockdowns, I'm, he, he wasn't advocating for lockdowns per se, but he is definitely coming from the standpoint, yeah, we need to take the necessary precautions in order to mitigate the spread of this. Shouldn't Shouldn't the people who were pro-lockdowns and pro-face masks and pro-social distancing and all that, shouldn't they rejoice that they're having more allies joining them in this fight? Or, or, or do you just want to sit there and with your self-righteousness and say, yeah, see, I told you so, told you so. You, you should have listened to us from the outset. We know what we're talking about here. Uh, comedian Sarah Silverman, when talking about uh, cancel culture, uh, cleverly described this mindset as righteousness porn where people would rather revel in the fact that they were right instead of helping others who are now seeing the light, you know, become a more effective ally in this fight. Because my thing is, and I've, I've told my story many a times, even before face masks were mandated, I had heard enough from epidemiologists who said, look, it's not going to be a cure-all, but it can help mitigate the spread if you have to go to places where there are going to be a number of folks, obviously do everything you can to be distant. But while you are distant, be sure you're wearing a face mask because if you, you know, you could have COVID and be asymptomatic and feel just fine, but you may have it. And if you're not wearing a mask, you could easily spread it. Whereas wearing the face mask can help mitigate that. And I took that seriously from day one, even before Minnesota had its own mandate. And I don't think the Minnesota mandate came down until what? April, May time frame, I, I was starting to wear a face mask in early April because my mother has some severe uh, underlying health conditions. And if she were ever exposed to COVID, um, I don't even want to think about what would happen, but it 
it wouldn't be good. I'll just I'll just leave it at that. Again, don't even want to think about it. But my point in bringing that up is once I know for a fact before face masks were mandated, heck, even when face masks were mandated, people were mocking others who were wearing them. But before they were mandated, I'm sure I, I, I in fact, I know I was derided for it when I was wearing them out in public on the rare instances I went out in public, because back in April and May and June, I was pretty much doing everything from home, including this radio show. You know, I was working from home. Uh, my wife and I went to church online and, like I say, doing this radio show from home. So the only time I really had to leave the house if I had to go get something at the grocery store. You know, and we supported our local businesses, so we go to a restaurant for, for takeout. Otherwise, I rarely left the house. But when I did, I wore that face mask. So my point is, if those who were deriding me for wearing a face mask now are suddenly doing it and taking the proper precautions, I'm not going to jump around like some poo-flinging monkey say, Ah, see, told you so, told you so, told you so. How, 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 would that, how would that be effective in helping that person become an ally? That's, that's all I'm saying here. So, <clears throat> so, you know, again, if we are indeed headed for COVID hell, like uh, Dr. Osterholm has said recently, then we need to put all of this behind us, this, this, this chiding behind us, this righteousness porn, as Sarah Silverman dubbed it, and, and come together and ensure that we can get through these next few months so that when the vaccine becomes more widely available to the general public and not just the frontline workers and our most vulnerable, then we can have the vaccine administered and, you know, uh, be immune from uh, additional cases of COVID and try to get back to as normal life as possible, hopefully by the spring or summer. That That's the hope here. We should all desire for that. And then we can get back to arguing about silly things like, uh, what stu- what celebrity said stupid things about whatever politician you know i i mean d- when we think about what we were enduring last year at this time and we think about how crazy this time has been since i remember i remember thinking vividly how 2016 was the most bizarre year of my lifetime with everything that surrounded that particular uh, presidential election cycle 2016 and now i often say to myself you know Kind of wish for those gentler times of 2016. So kind of puts things in perspective, and hopefully we can get a little more perspective as we move forward uh, to combat this. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Brad Carlson, The Closer, coming back with one final segment this hour. Go nowhere. AM 1280, The Patriot. Whoa, look at all these options. You can fill an entire warehouse with all the different ways you can stream The Patriot. Top shelf choices include am1280thepatriot.com, our free app, and radio.com. This is a national health care alert from the 24-7 Diabetic Health Hotline. If you, a family member, or loved one has diabetes, listen closely. Now, regardless of your age, if you have insurance, you may qualify to receive diabetic testing supplies with little to no out-of-pocket cost. Get free delivery, free information, and all the paperwork is handled by our accredited suppliers for free. Call the 24-7 Diabetic Health Hotline now for details. Toll free at this number. But wait, there's more. If you call right now you could get a meter upgrade in addition we'll give you a free pair of diabetic socks as our special gift to you regardless of your age if you suffer with diabetes and have insurance you may qualify to get free delivery of your supplies 800-439-7409 800-439-7409 that's 800-439-7409 Does your office need a little TLC? Do you notice your bathrooms are a bit smelly? Are the surfaces in your break room a little sticky? And isn't that the same coffee spill on the floor and chili splatter in the microwave from weeks ago? If so, I've got the solution. Hi, I'm Tasha, owner of Forever Cleaning. We're family-owned and offer affordable, reliable office cleaning all over the Twin Cities metro area. So if your office is screaming for help, call me today. Let's get you scheduled for your free walkthrough so you can receive your free quote at 763-807-9817. If you mention this ad, you'll receive 15% off your first month of service. Again, call 763-807-9817. Or you can visit my website at forevercleaning.com. That's the number four, E V R. 
cleaning.com. Remember, forever cleaning is so thorough, you'll wonder if your mom snuck in overnight and cleaned. Are you in charge of cleaning and sanitization at your food production facility? American Pressure has the tools to help you. Custom high-pressure conveyor wash systems save time and water and help you automate cleaning. Give us a call today at 763-521-4442, and we'd be happy to come visit you at your location. Buy local, buy quality. Visit AmericanPressure.com. In an era of fake news and misleading headlines, turn to a leader in accurate reporting, townhall.com. Get caught up with today's top stories, find brilliant commentary from our columnists, and have a laugh with our political cartoons at townhall.com. Welcome back. AM 12 the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning in. One final segment this hour going to wrap up our talk with uh, our COVID talk this hour with some good news and Lord knows we could use it as uh, I, I, I've been alluding to it the first few segments is it was announced that a COVID vaccine uh, has will be administered uh, start to be administered next month uh, Pfizer which uh, whose uh, clinical trials had 90 plus percent effective rate and Moderna, 95-plus percent. Uh, this is from the New York Times. On Friday, uh, Monsef Sloway, the chief scientist for Operation Warp Speed, the Trump administration's program to accelerate development of vaccines and treatments for COVID-19, said if the early vaccine candidates receive permission for emergency use, immunization could begin sometime in December. Health experts have said the initial doses would go to high-risk people like health care healthcare workers, first responders and other frontline workers, and frail people in nursing homes. Dr. Fauci said the vaccines would probably start becoming more widely available by April. The U.S. government will buy vaccines and give them to the public free of charge. But both companies expect to profit and not to provide their products at cost. Moderna said it would charge other governments from $32 to $37 per dose. The charge to the United States, which has already committed about $2.5 billion to develop Moderna's vaccine and buy doses, comes to about $24.80 a shot, according to Mr. Jordan, a company spokesman. Pfizer did not take any money from the U.S. government to develop or test its vaccine, but but Operation Warp Speed has promised Pfizer $1.95 billion to provide 100 million doses, which comes to $19.50 per dose. Both of the company's vaccine candidates began large human trials on the same date, July 27. So, yeah, that is is incredibly good news. And again, uh, this was something the uh, progressives were trying to uh, rain on the parade of 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 this news saying, well, this isn't because of Trump's Operation Warp Speed. You know, this is this is uh, due to the uh, ingenuity of of the companies involved. Well, yeah, it kind of is due to Operation Warp Speed. And this is this is the this is the problem progressives are going to have to wrestle with. Obviously, they want people to get well and recover, and this virus to be eradicated. But the fact that they have to give any kudos at all to two entities that they universally revile, which is the Trump administration. And pharmaceutical companies, uh, yeah, that's there, there. Definitely has to be a keen ambivalence there. Uh, we only have a couple of minutes left. Uh, let's go to line one. Max is in Maple Grove. Max, you are on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Go ahead. Hey, thanks for taking my call. I've just been listening to the last fifteen minutes and talking about the mask mandates and talking about uh, you know, all the shutdowns and such. But I guess, what do you say to the people that? You know, there is a school of thought that's saying that, you know, this is really bad, making everybody stay home. And I, you know, I've seen on a, several accounts just recently where the CDC's come out and said it's a terrible idea to shut down schools. And, mm-hmm. and when we turn around and we see Governor Walls shutting down our schools. And so, you know, I, I guess there's just, a, you know, just a, I guess, infraction of, you know, I guess what's really right, and and I, I guess my question, another question I would like to, what are we going to do a month from now when we haven't seen any difference at all in the situation? 
Yeah, appreciate the call, Max. Thanks, thanks for that. Yeah, I, I that's a great point. I didn't even bring up schools as yet. Yeah, where is the science in that? By the way, I mean there there has not been any massive outbreaks in in schools, and and kids have not been ad, adversely impacted. And governors are, you know, not giving direct answers to this. I mean, Governor Cuomo of New York blew up at a, at someone at his press conference, uh, who dared question, you know, why is there so much. Why are you overriding uh, New York City Mayor uh, de Blasio? They, it looks like New York City was going to keep schools open. Now you're closing schools. Where is the science in that? Well, it's pretty obvious. These uh, progressive governors are beholden to the teachers' unions. That's their biggest, one of their biggest constituency support bases. And if the teachers' unions don't want schools open, well, uh, you know, they're, they're kind of the puppet masters of these governors. Uh, second question, Max, is, uh, you know, what happens if, if things don't, don't change? You know, I alluded to that in an earlier segment as well. We were we were told, you know, flatten the curve, you know, the uh uh two weeks to flatten the curve, everybody stay home and and stay physically distanced and you know, a lot of people are going to get this virus, but if we can spread out spread out how, you know, the number of people getting this virus over say a matter of months instead of a matter of weeks, it won't overwhelm the health system and yet the lockdowns remained in place for how many months? I mean, yeah, they loosened some restrictions come summertime, but that was three, four months after the initial mandates as opposed to two weeks. So, yeah, and and uh, Dr. Fauci, uh, among others, uh, has maintained that, you know, the face masks are going to, you know, that's going to be more of an intermediate type of prospect that even after people get vaccinated and or if people have had COVID and thus, you know, the kind of the con- prevailing wisdom is if, if you get COVID, uh, it's a minimum of four months, maybe even longer, before you could possibly contract it again. But yet he recommends you still wear a face mask. So that seems to be a more longer-term perspective. But, yeah, that's something to keep an eye on, Max, no question about it. If uh, if things don't dramatically change, you know, the death toll, the ICU bed usage is still very high, whatever else. Um, yeah, that's that's a question they're going to have to answer. But it's four weeks of this. I'm I'm skeptical that any of these mandates are going to be loosened before the year uh, 2021, which isn't exactly going out on a limb since they were just put in place recently. It's going to go until just before Christmas. But like I say, I'm going to be shocked uh, if they're loosened up uh, before then. That is for certain. Uh, Hour number one is in the books. Hour number two coming back in mere moments. AM 1280, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson, the closer, back with another full hour of the broadcast. Stay tuned. If you're in HR, you're probably wearing a lot of hats. Recruiter, team builder, trainer, mediator, policymaker, and of course, paper pusher. But not anymore. Bamboo HR is the number one HR software for small and medium businesses. It manages all your employee data easily and automates countless tasks so you can focus on people, not paperwork. Bamboo HR frees you from spreadsheets so you can do your real job, creating a great place to work. If the data shuffle and paperwork mountain have you ready to hang up all your hats, you're ready for Bamboo. If you handle HR records and paperwork, Bamboo HR is a dream. Let us free up your time and put your days of pushing paperwork behind you so you can focus on the people and making your company a great place to work for everyone. Try PC Magazine's top pick for HR software free today. Just go to bamboohr.com slash HR. This is a limited offer, only available to radio listeners at bamboohr.com slash HR. That's bamboohr.com slash HR. Join Gene Sullivan each week on Where You Live, where he takes on... Uh, Gene, who do you take on anyway? Maniacal landlords, slippery renters, overbearing HOA boards, demanding homeowners. Oh, and the legislative lunacy brought on by local politicians wanting to fix everything for us. It's a common sense perspective on the news and stories that affect you the most right where you live. Join Gene Sullivan every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. on AM 1280 The Patriot. 
Tell me why Relief Factor is so successful in lowering or eliminating pain. I'm often asked that question. Pete and Seth Talbot, the father and son founders of Relief Factor, tell me they believe our bodies were designed to heal. That's right, designed to heal, and now I agree. The doctors who formulated Relief Factor for Pete and Seth selected the four best ingredients, 100% drug-free ingredients that each help your body deal with inflammation. That's correct. Each of the four ingredients deal with inflammation on a different metabolic pathway. That right there. Approaching your pain from four different angles may very well be why so many Americans find such wonderful pain relief. If you have back pain, shoulder, neck, hip, knee, or foot pain from exercise or even just getting older, you must order the three-week quick start now. Discount it to only nineteen ninety-five to see if it will work for you too. I think it could. Give your body what it needs to heal itself. Go to relieffactor.com, call 800-500-8384, relieffactor.com. Get a great gift for the truck owner in your life for half price from Rhino Linings and AM 1280 The Patriot. Tough Grip Rhino Lining is recognized as the world's number one spray on truck bed liner. Regular price $500. Yours now for half off $250. It's the perfect gift for the hunter, fisherman, landscaper, any truck owner on your list. There are a limited number available. Find details on the Patriot website under half price offers or call the Patriot now to get your Rhino truck bed liner. AM 1280, The Patriot.